Welcome to Trending in Education, a special edition here where we're going to be talking about Reading is Fundamental and their Rally to Read, which is going to take place on March 2nd, 2022. We're joined again by Alicia Levy, who's the president and CEO of Reading is Fundamental. Alicia, welcome back to Trending in Education. Thank you, Michael. I'm so thrilled to be here today. As if that's not enough, we have much, much more. We also have Orion Jean, who is Time's Kid of the Year, who's going to be participating in the live stream, all sorts of amazing stuff. Orion, welcome to Trending in Education. Yeah, I'm so happy to be here. Yeah, we're, we're, I'm amazed. I think you are setting a record as the youngest guest. I've had my three-year-old son briefly on, but he didn't really count as a guest. So you are setting a first, uh, first 10-year-old as a guest. So congratulations. Although it sounds like the accolades just keep on rolling in. So congrats. I'm excited to hear more from Orion in a moment. And, and, and again, we have more. So keep on listening. We have more coming. We also have Monica Alexandria Brown. Welcome to the show, Monica. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. And you're a children's author, written many books. We'll hear a little more from Monica in a little bit. And then last but certainly not least, we also have Joanna Ho, who has written a couple of really well-reviewed uh, and, and popular books, children's literature as well. Welcome to the show, Joanna. It's such a pleasure to be here. Oh my today. goodness. So much going on. We're all excited. And Alicia, maybe starting with you, can you reacquaint folks with Reading is Fundamental, folks probably know, but in case they didn't know what Reading is Fundamental is and what it's about. And then also some of the exciting activity. This episode should be coming out right about when the Rally to Read is happening on March 2nd. So folks uh, should hear all about it. And I think you're probably the right person to kick off the conversation with. Can you catch us up a bit on Riff and what you got going on in early March? For sure, Michael. Thank you so much. Just as a reminder, Reading is Fundamental is the nation's leading children's literacy organization. We get books to kids. We engage communities in the excitement of reading. And this year, we celebrated our 100 millionth child served. We were founded in 1966. And since then, we have reached over 100 million children with the power and the inspiration of reading. We wanted to celebrate for a couple of reasons, I think, because COVID has disrupted every child's life, every classroom's experience. And we wanted to inspire and engage and get people excited again about the power of reading. We wanted to provide some normalcy. And what is more normal than a great book and amazing authors who bring those stories to life and the children who are really inspired by them. So Rally to Read 100 is a campaign that we launched with Back to School this year and culminate on March 2nd, which is Read Across America Day. And I am just so honored to have a couple of the authors that joined us in our journey, along with Orion, who, uh, as Time's Kid of the Year, is hosting our wonderful webcast to celebrate Read Across America Day this year. That's fantastic. And that leads directly to you, Orion. Congratulations again for being named Time's Kid of the Year. Can you tell me about how you started writing children's books? Reading has always been important to me ever since I was, I would say, a child, but I guess younger child. I've always loved uh, reading stories and finding out about new characters, being in new environments and learning lessons that I might not get. 
outside of a book. And I think that it was so important to me to be able to write those stories because I've always loved reading them. And I want to make sure there are even more of those in the world. And mine personally was inspired by making sure that other kids have the opportunity to read as well. I want them to be as nurtured as they can be by the education that reading provides. And I think that my book, A Kid's Book About Leadership, hopefully is able to provide that for them. A uh, Kid's Book About Leadership is just the book that I wrote, and it talks about how important it is to be a leader. Anyone can be a leader, and a good leader can come from anywhere. And I'm constantly learning how to be the best leader I can be every day, so it doesn't matter if you're scared or nervous sometimes. It's just sometimes you just have to take that first step and I hope that for some kids, this book is that step. And one of the most important things to me is that kids are able to have access to books like this, which is why it's amazing that I was able to join Reading is Fundamental in this Rally Read 100 uh, celebration, which is a pledge that works to re-engage children in a lifelong love of reading, curiosity about the world, and passion for exploration and growth throughout books. And I'm just humbled to be able to be a part of something that will hopefully inspire many kids to just keep reading. The word inspiration was bouncing around in my head while you were talking because you truly are an inspiration and it's amazing to have you on. In addition to being named Times Kid of the Year, you also are attending school. You wrote your book and you also are involved in the race to kindness. Was that a hundred thousand meals for families in need? Can you talk a little bit about how you were able to juggle all this stuff? You know, I think I'm learning about what they call work-life balance. It's definitely important to stay on top of my schoolwork and do the race to kindness, but it's also important to just sometimes relax and be a kid and forget to do your chores every now and then. It's important that I always remember that I'm a kid first and then I can be a kid who's able to make a difference in this community. And that's, like I said, I may be kid of the year, but I'm also a kid. So I definitely have to uh, remember sometimes when to just uh, lay back, but other times I'm ready to get out there in the world and hopefully make a difference and inspire other kids to do the same. That's fantastic. I don't want to get you in trouble with your parents, but you have pretty good excuses to not do your chores on occasion, considering what else you have, what else you have going on. But, but thanks so much for joining. And then Monica, how about quickly, how did you get to this point in your professional life? I understand you're a professor. Yes, I am lucky enough to have been able to build a life around words and literature. I think literature has work to do in the world. And it brings a lot of joy and inspiration and helps children and adults imagine their lives. I worked as a journalist right out of college. I went back to grad school. I became a professor and wrote in different ways. And then I had children and I looked around and began reading what was out there in terms of picture books for my two daughters. And I realized that there were very few stories that represented my family and my family's experience as the daughter of an immigrant, Mm -hmm. as the daughter of a Peruvian mother and a North American father, a South American mother and a North American father. And I didn't 
want my children to be described as fractions because I think our multicultural mixed race children are whole just as they are and they contain multitudes. So I decided to write the stories I wanted to read to my children, which is what the late, great Toni Morrison always suggested. If you look around and you don't see the stories that you want to read them, then write them yourself. And that's what I did. I have seen the power of literature, both in teaching older kids and my work with children. And that's why I support reading as fundamental as an organization. I consider myself a literacy activist. And I think reading is fundamental, puts books in the hands of children, supports literacy in the home environment. That's work that's similar to what Orion is doing in bringing books to children and helps them grow and develop as thinkers, as readers, as writers. It helps children grow as critical thinkers, as compassionate citizens, hopefully, and it offers a respite during tough times like the pandemic. I think the last two years have affirmed for us just how important the arts are and literature especially because it can provide what Rudine Sims Bishop called windows, mirrors, and sliding glass doors for children to walk through. Mm -hmm. And just uh, in case our listeners are trying to get a reading list together, I know you have many books, but uh, but there is a few that are really understood as like seminal works. I know even uh, Joanna, who we're going to be hearing from next, was inspired by some of your work. But can you just share a few titles for folks who may be curious? I am very excited to be celebrating the 10th anniversary of the publication of Marisol McDonald Doesn't Match. Marisol McDonald No Combina. It's a bilingual book with two beautiful languages side by side on the page, English and Spanish, the two languages I speak. I also write chapter book series. I have several. The Lola Levine series also explores a beautiful, complex healthy, happy, multicultural, mixed religion and race, family. Let's see. And I guess what I'll announce a new series before anyone else that I'm writing that will be called The Fantastical Tales of Mari A. Fish. And she, her real name is Maribel Socorro Sirena Triton. And she's a mermaid that is sent above the ground to the from the undersea to the land, people to act as a spy to find out why humans are polluting the ocean so much. So I'm giving you a scoop. It's about announced. It hasn't yet. So the fantastical tales of Mari Apefish. She's pretending to be an exchange student from Finland, of course, but really she's from the land of myrrh. Wow. Breaking news. You heard it here. Thank you so much. I was, we already had time. Kid of the year. I was excited about that, but now we're getting the scoop on a new book, which is amazing. I, I see Orion is excited already. And then as if that's not enough, Joanna, you're, you're more recent to the, the kid lit game, but, uh, but can you catch us up a bit on who you are and what you've been writing and what's going on in your world? Sure, absolutely. So I am newer. My first, uh, my debut picture book was released just a year ago in January 2021. It's called Eyes That Kiss in the Corners and became a New York Times bestseller, which was just 
flabbergasting and very grateful and so honored to have so many readers out there picking up the book and reading it. My second book was released last September. It's called Playing at the Border, A Story of Yo-Yo Ma. And it covers the time when Yo-Yo Ma played at the border of Mexico and Texas Mm. to really send a message about building bridges and not walls. And my most recent book, Eyes That Speak to the Stars, was just released last Tuesday. Wow. Uh, my first young adult novel will be out this June. So that is called The Silence That Binds Us. So exploring different genres, but very grateful to be in a space where I'm able to tell stories and share them. That's with fa- yeah, that's fantastic. You've certainly been busy during these pandemic years and congratulations on, on all of that. That sounds amazing. And, and then really for all of you, you each bring a special perspective to writing, literacy, and education. Also, it sounds like your books and your efforts share some commonalities around trying to support kids from different backgrounds and being more, perhaps a little bit more representative of of everyone who is out there who may be reading books. I think you've hit the nail on the head here. The diversity in children's literature is just lacking. And you've heard from some of the best. I am listening myself in awe that I get to work with these amazing people who are dedicated to ensuring that every child sees themselves in the book that, books that they read, have the opportunity to see their experiences. And for those of that, that haven't had those experiences can see through to how others live. So it's diversity in children's literature is critical. Reading, of course, is fundamental. But how do you engage a child in reading and their family and the community around them? By helping them see themselves and their experiences in the books that they read. And, and you're hearing from these amazing gifted authors are bringing those stories to life for children nationwide. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know, Ryan, you're one of those kids. And one of the ways in which we increase representation is by empowering authors like yourself. I'd love to hear your perspective on all this. Not only am I hoping to impact the uh, landscape of reading, but I'm also the one who's being impacted. As a kid myself, I'm hoping to see Uh, more stories like the ones that I want to write represented. And I'm hoping that the books that I write are able to inspire other kids to be able to know that they can go out and do the same thing. Diversity is very important because if you don't see yourself in the situations or environments that you want to be in, then how will you ever know that it's possible? And I think that I just had to be able to be the change that I wanted to see and write the stories that I wanted to read. And I want other kids to be able to do the same so that for the next generation of kids who haven't been born yet, they're able to see more of themselves in books as well. Mm -hmm. That's fantastic stuff. Uh, Monica, perspective from you on this topic. I love what I get to do. I get to write for children. I get a support really not just the ability to read and write, but a sort of global literacy, a visual literacy. Picture books are the place where text and art meet. And earlier I mentioned Dr. Rudine Sims Bishop, and she said books can provide mirrors and windows. So all people need books that represent the fullness and beauty of our humanity. And our children certainly do, especially groups that are underrepresented still in the world of children's publishing and literature. And that's why books like Joanna's resonate so 
much that they touch children everywhere. And in time when rhetoric lacks the compassion and kindness that Orion so eloquently spoke of, our literature can offer that. No matter what situation that children find themselves in, I hope when they open my books, they can be inspired. They can learn the story of Dolores Huerta and Cesar Chavez, a book I wrote called Side by Side Lado. Learn to value the people who work to put food on our table. Learn to have a brief glimpse of what it means to organize, to be politically empowered through, through a labor movement or through art and literature or through sport, like Pele, the, the king of soccer, the Brazilian soccer player who was so poor that he learned to play soccer. They would steal toronjas, like grapefruits and play with grapefruits or stuff a sock with newspapers and the team he played on as he grew older was called the barefoot team and even have tennis shoes. And so when I share that story, I asked children at the end, so what do you need to be the greatest of all time to achieve? Do you need fancy brands? Do you need a special shoes or do you just need the hard work, the dedication, the skill? I think the lives that don't often get included in our history books and in social studies even are the ones that can light sparks of creativity and children of all ages. And so that's what I try to do with the literature that I write, engage their creativity. Children are the most imaginative of beings. And I think, unfortunately, the pressures to conform sometimes limit that, how we might imagine our lives or approach education or approach each other. And I think children's books act as a bridge between teachers and students sometimes that may be from different cultures. Among students, they increase understanding of the, the different lives that exist in the world. We learn compassion from glimpsing and having a chance to walk in others' shoes. And it is a beautiful thing to get to do. And it's incredibly important. We discovered, again, just how important the arts are and the work art. And I'm talking about language arts, the work that language arts has to do in this world. Mm -hmm. Everything that both uh, Orion and Dr. Brown mentioned really resonate with me. So I think the things that I could add are that having inclusive children's books, it's not just about developing compassion and empathy for other and self. I think that there is a real need for us to use these inclusive books as tools to help us be more critically conscious in our world. What I mean by that is kids' books are a perfect blend, as Zuck Brown said, of the text and of the images, but because they are able to present super complex topics, and complex history in a way that are accessible for children. A lot of kids' books are written with so many layers and complexity. You really could, in a college-level class, dissect a kid's book and go into the history and the systems that have created a single narrative of dominance or power. And you can use these books to help children develop the tools to talk about some of, and I, I take that back, not just children, all people, adults too, to really talk about a lot of things like why don't we hear stories? Why are some people invisible in this country and others not? Like when we talk about why I became a writer and why I became an educator, I'm also vice principal at a high school in the Bay Area. 
they are really rooted in the same reasons because I really wanted to, I think, dismantle systems of inequity and oppression in our country. Education is one system that is incredibly broken and unjust. And then similar to Dr. Brown, when I had my first child and I was looking for books for him, you know, as a former English teacher, I was always looking for books that were really representative of my students. And I was doing the same for my son. And I could find so little. And to Orion's point, you'd be the changing you see, Tell the stories you want to read. Tell the stories I wish I had. Growing up, I didn't have books or movies with characters that looked like me, that represented me in any way. To the point where that invisibility was so internalized, I did not even know it was possible for an Asian girl to be in a story, for an Asian girl to be in a movie. The idea did not even cross my mind. And there is a huge lack of power when you have accepted your own invisibility in that way. And so my hope is that through the stories that we're all telling, that we're creating a new canon and a new way of seeing ourselves, but seeing each other and recognizing the world as it truly is and not the world as it has been sold to us in schools and in the literature that we've read so far. So that's one reason I feel really grateful to be part of RIF and this push for inclusivity in kids' books because it goes so far beyond compassion and empathy. It goes into using these as tools to truly change the systems that have for far too long marginalized too many. Yeah. And I'd like to hear a little more from you, Orion. Where do you get your inspiration to write? To me, inspiration to write comes from just my want and need for more stories that didn't necessarily surround, they didn't necessarily revolve around slavery or civil rights. Just seeing a story where a kid is a kid, no matter what their color is, because people who are reading this book might not even know that I am who I am. They just know that I'm an 11 year old kid who was able to make a difference in this community. And I want other kids to be able to make a difference in their community as well. And by reading books like these, I hope to just inspire as many people as possible and the next change makers of the world. Awesome. I've been inspired by all of the, the people we've assembled here. I know there's even more folks you have coming together. Well, Michael, you can probably see why I'm excited every day about the work that I do because reading does inspire. Books are a springboard for opportunity and ideas. And there's a story in every child and every family and every classroom. And these stories, in whatever form they take, in the form of a book or a poem or a, a digital resource, you can really inspire a child's curiosity and imagination. And that's really what reading as fundamental is all about, inspiring that excitement, the power that reading provides. And so we've we have a sweepstakes tied to this Rally to Read campaign. 100 schools will win 100 diverse books. We'll be announcing the winners on March 2nd on Read Across America Day during our webcast. We had schools take pledges and students take pledges to read 100 books. We have authors like these amazing authors that are here today. We have LeVar Burton and Chelsea Clinton and Sandra Boynton. And we have artists and, and a whole host of people that have stories to tell, to share with children. And we want to inspire children to engage in those stories 
but to potentially tell their own story, to create their own stories, to create those moments of reading in their homes every day with, as Monica said, with generations of family members and, and community members who are inspired by what is possible with reading. That's awesome. And I know that read-alouds are a big part of this as well. How does RIP foresee parents and teachers incorporating read-alouds into children's learning? It's such a great question. Modeling behavior is such a critical part of a child's growth and reading journey. And read-alouds are a wonderful way for children to learn the, the fundamental elements of reading. Not just the story that's being told and all the pieces that, that make that story come to life, as Joanna was talking about earlier, but just the fundamental building blocks of reading. And reading a story can come in many forms. It can be a bedtime story that families do at night. It can be reading a recipe during dinner time. There are so many ways. It doesn't just have to happen in the classroom. It doesn't just have to happen at bedtime. But reading aloud, we were lucky enough to work with these wonderful authors to read their stories aloud to children nationwide. But reading aloud is a, a model behavior that we encourage in, in classrooms and homes nationwide in any forum. Yeah. I remember when we first met with the pandemic in some ways inspired more online read alouds that are now very much fundamental. See what you're going to be doing on March 2nd. A lot of your authors are going to be reading from their books. It's really an amazing event. And if folks are interested, where should they go? I encourage everyone to visit rallytoread.org where they'll find uh, details about the webcast that will air on March 2nd, which is Read Across America Day, but will be available throughout March, which is National Reading Month. In addition, there are a whole host of resources for educators, for families, and for children that really provide engagement around the books that are read aloud by these wonderful authors, but also around the topics that are covered and the stories that are told to really deepen engagement and enrich the reading experience for children. That's fantastic. As we wrap up, I'd like to get each of you to provide some closing remarks, some inspiration, maybe beginning with you, Joanna. I think what I would do is encourage all people, young people and slightly older looking young people <laughs> to just to really be conscious and critical about the things that you read and the things that you read with kids. And also to know that reading in and of itself is just a first step. Like it's important to really make an effort to, of course, read period, and then to read inclusively and widely. But to know that that is just the beginning of the work of really trying to create more inclusive systems and societies that reading in and of itself is not enough. And that when we read and we read critically and we use books as tools to then deepen our own reflection and our thinking, and so much that that leads to change, that is how I hope readers are using texts. Both read for fun and also read for change. Awesome. Uh, how about you, Monica? In response to what I just heard from Joanna, I'd like to mention Chimamanda Gozi Adichie's wonderful TED Talk, The Danger of a Single Story, because I think our stories, Orion's, Joanna's, and I, we tell stories that offer new vistas for children, and reading is fundamental as an organization. Put such diverse stories out into the world that more children, I hope, can imagine themselves as leaders, as playing on the border, creating beauty 
in a place of pain, creating art from struggle, learning to organize, to imagine, to create, to find their voices as they see the journeys of young people who found theirs in reading books about people like Pablo Neruda or uh, Dolores Huerta, Cesar Chavez, Frida, who through physical challenge found art and expression and beauty. Excellent. Thank you very much. And then Orion, you've inspired me in my brief exposure to you. Any concluding uh, remarks, uh, final thoughts, any plugs, any, any things that people should be looking uh, for from you in the future? What, what do you have going on? I would just say stay tuned because more great stuff is hopefully coming in the future. So you guys just, it, it's coming, I promise. But I'd say for closing remarks, I'd have to say that reading truly is, and I know that we've said this before, reading truly is fundamental. It can inspire kids in so many different ways. Kids and adults are the young and the young at heart. Those who are just getting into this world and realizing what kind of place it is and where they are and who they are in this world. And for those who have been here a while, it's amazing to see how literacy can bring so many people together of all ages, all backgrounds, all genders, all colors. It's awesome to see. And I think that if we continue to make sure that access to reading and literature is given and diversity in books is given, then we can, you know, together work to become a better and more progressive society through literature. And I think that for me, books has meant so much because it's a way that at the end of the day after everyone's been very busy or at work or at school can just come together and sit down and relax and escape into a different world or a different reality or different universe for a few minutes for a short period of time just to immerse themselves in this experience that we call reading and I want as many kids as possible to be able to grow up loving that. Awesome. We'll conclude with that. Thank you to all of our panelists, Alicia Levy, Monica Brown, Joanna Ho, and of course, Orion Jean. An amazing, inspirational conversation. This is all about Reading is Fundamentals, Rally to Read and the Reading Inspires event, which will be taking place on March 2nd. Go to rallytoread.org. You'll find out about all of this. Thank you, everyone, for joining on this episode. Thank you. Thank you so much for having us. And then for our listeners, hopefully you're as inspired as we are. Thank you for listening. Write a review, share the good words, subscribe. We'll be back again soon. This is Trending in Education. <laughs>